Turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark this morning. Gospel of Mark, and we're going to be in chapter 2. And as you're turning there, an eight-year-old girl went to the office with her father on Take Your Child to Work Day. As they were walking around the office, the young girl started crying and getting very cranky. Her father asked, what's wrong? As the staff gathered around her, she sobbed loudly. Her dad says, what are, what are you crying about? She says, Daddy, I just don't understand. Where are all the clowns you said you worked with? <laughs> Out of the mouths of children, amen. Uh, this morning, I want us to talk about stretcher bearers. And as most of you know, the first four books of the New Testament, they're known as the gospel. And gospel simply means good news, and it's talking about the good news of Jesus Christ, because there is no greater news than the fact that God himself has made a way of salvation for all of mankind. Amen? Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, has come. He has taken on the limitations of humanity in order to become sin for us the just for the unjust, as he gave his life in ransom for our life. And on the third day, he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. And in each of the Gospels, Jesus is presented in a different light. For instance, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is presented to us as the Messiah, the anointed King of Kings. Then we have the Gospel of Mark, and Mark presents Jesus to us as the divine Savior who came to serve. He is our servant leader. Then we have the Gospel of Luke. And Luke illustrates Jesus as the God-man. And he highlights his humanity. And in the final Gospel, the Gospel of John, John outlines Christ. Uh, he outlines his deity as he is indeed God come in the flesh. Amen? So... This morning, I want to spend our time in the Gospel of Mark. Now, when you study the, the, the Gospel of Mark, you'll see that Mark emphasizes what Jesus did. Again, he, he focuses on Jesus as that servant leader, how Jesus came to serve. Amen? And it's a book of action, and it's a book of urgency. And the Greek word euthos which means at once or immediately, is used over 40 times in the Gospel of Mark alone. So it's definitely a, a book of action and urgency. And this urgent action is really the underlying theme of today's message. So let's look in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, and we're going to start reading right at verse 1. And again, Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And Jesus preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken, uh, broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was laying. 
When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, Jesus said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your, sons, uh, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, Jesus said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. So when we think of Jesus' earthly ministry, there's no doubt we can't help but note the many, many miracles that he performed. How he made the lame to walk, the blind to see, how he made the deaf to hear and even the dead breathe again, rise from the dead. How even the wind and the sea and, and creation obeyed his every command. And here in our passage this morning, we see Jesus once again performing one of those many, many miracles. And in this particular miracle, I want us to note that we see three things demonstrated. The first thing is authority. As Jesus has complete authority over all things, physical and spiritual, including the forgiveness of sins. Amen? Second thing we see demonstrated is power. As Jesus is omnipotent, it means he's all-powerful, and he has the power to, to heal every human defect, physical and, more importantly, spiritual. And the third thing we see demonstrated here is responsibility. Now, this we see demonstrated by the four men who brought that paralytic, the one in need, to Jesus Christ. Amen? Those four men, we need to understand, they are symbolic of every single born-again believer. We all have the responsibility to bring those in need to who? To Jesus Christ. Amen? So those four men, they represent, they are symbolic of each and every one of us. That is our Christian calling. That is our Christian duty. And this morning, I want us to take a closer look into, this, uh, into all the ingredients that made up this miracle. And the first ingredient I want us to see is burdened hearts. Burdened hearts. Look at verse 3. Then they came uh, to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Literally carried. These four men carried this paralytic man all the way to Capernaum on a, on a stretcher. Now, they didn't have fancy stretchers like we did today. They were probably made out of some, you know, just some uh, uh, limbs and some ca uh, leather, canvas, or, or even some material. And uh, they literally carried this man all the way to Capernaum where Jesus was. They heard that Jesus was there in the house. 
Now, there's many things that we don't, we don't know about these four men. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about these men. We don't know how old they are. We don't know what their occupations are. We don't know if these men were related to that paralytic man or, or if they were just friends of his. We don't even know their names. But when you consider all the things we don't know, there are a lot of things that we do know. And we know for sure that they were deeply concerned for this sick man. Whether he was just a friend or a relative, we don't know that, but we do know how deeply concerned they were for him. The fact is, as soon as they heard that Jesus was going to be in that house, they were determined to be there with Christ with this paralytic man. They were convinced, they, they believed without any doubt that Jesus could help this man in dire need. They were known, as I said, as stretcher bearers. Amen? Stretcher bearers. They bore, they carried that stretcher. It's kind of like the same concept at, at funerals. We, the ones that carry the casket are called what? Pallbearers. Amen? So those that carried stretchers, they are known as stretcher bearers. Now, I also want to make a little parallel here. As soon as these men heard that Jesus was in the house, they were determined to get there. Amen? They were determined to get there and bring this man in need. How many today know that same fact about Jesus being in this house? Amen? How many know today that Jesus is in this house yet make no effort to come here themselves? I don't know about you, but driving to church every Sunday, I pass house after house with people outside cutting their grass or doing yard work or getting in the car, heading to, you know, who knows where, but it definitely wasn't church. How many believers make no effect to, uh, effect, uh, you know, effort to, to bring those in need to this house where Jesus is? How many know that Jesus can be found in this house, yet make no effort to spread the word that he can be found here? Amen? These men not only knew, but they were burdened in their hearts to literally carry this man all the way to Capernaum just to see Jesus. Amen? When we're not burdened in our hearts enough to go, when we're not burdened in our hearts enough to bring others, people are left hurting, left to suffer in their, in their helpless condition, separated from a loving Savior that can help whatever their need may be. Amen. The church, and I'm not just saying our church, I'm just saying the church in general. The church has become too comfortable, too complacent. Again, when I say the church, we're not talking about church buildings, we're church talking about who? God's people, right? We as God's people, we've become too comfortable. We've become too complacent. We've, we've filled our lives with too many conveniences. We've gotten to the point that we just don't want to go outside of our comfort zone. We've lost our desire. We've, we've lost that burden 
in our heart for the lost, for those that are uh, uh, undone without Jesus Christ. And then too many churches, too often, they just rely on the pastor to go. We have to understand that's not God's structure for the church. As pastor, God has called me, he has made me the shepherd of the sheep. My calling is to watch over the sheep. My calling is to feed the sheep. But we think about in God's economy. Birds beget birds, right? Cows beget cows, and sheep beget sheep. Amen? Do you follow God's economy? As pastor, I am the shepherd of the sheep. In God's economy, it's sheep that get, beget sheep. This is our calling. This is every believer's calling to bring in the sheep, to bring in the sheaves. Amen? Going back to verse 1 and 2. It says, again, Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And Jesus preached the word to them. You see what happened there? It was heard that he was in the house. How do people hear that? By word of mouth. Amen. Others telling them, hey, Jesus is going to be in the house today. Won't you come? Bible says here that there was no room to receive them. Why? Because everyone spread the word that Jesus was going to be in the house. They ran around and they told anyone that would listen where they could find Jesus Christ. And what was the result? The house was so full that there was no room to receive anymore. Not even at the door, it said. They couldn't fit one more body. Not one more. We think about it, that's how Jesus' house should be every single week. Amen. Jesus' house should be full every single week. We think back at the early church. Listen to what it says in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. We catch that? They went where? Everywhere doing what? Preaching the word. Telling anyone that would listen that Jesus was going to be in the house that Sunday and they should come out to see him, to meet him, to hear him, to hear what he has to say. This is his word, amen? And we need to hear what he has to say. Every believer is called to be a minister of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we're told, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Amen? What's an ambassador? Right? If, if, if someone is an ambassador for the United States to the United Nations, what are they? They represent the United States to whoever they're going to speak to. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are to represent Jesus Christ to whoever we come into contact with. It says, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. Amen? 
We need to rekindle that fire for the lost inside of us. We need to be burdened for the lost. Let us get out of that comfort zone. Let us go out and let us seek out those in need. Those who are lost, undone without Christ. There are souls hanging in the balance. Amen? So that was the first ingredient to this miracle was burdened hearts. Second ingredient was a broken roof. Let's go back to Mark chapter 2. Skip down to verse 4. And when they could not come near Jesus because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was laying. More than anything else, these men wanted to see Jesus Christ. More than anything else, they knew these men needed to see Jesus Christ. Amen? Not just wanted, but needed to see them. This was their every thought. This was their very motivation. Step after struggling step as they carried this paralytic man. And then finally they reached the house. But what do they see? The house is so full that they can't even get inside. They can't get this man in need to see Jesus. They had to think this can't be. We carried him all this way. This sick man upon this stretcher. And they hit a major roadblock, didn't they? But isn't that just how it is? So many times in our journey to get to Jesus Christ. There tends to be obstacle after obstacle along the way. It it becomes quite a struggle to get to Christ or to bring someone else to Christ, doesn't it? Especially today. It's hard to get people to come to Christ. It's hard to bring people into the church. There seems like obstacle after obstacle. And this world with its so many temptations has a tremendous lure, has a tremendous attraction for most people. And then we have the enemy. Satan will do whatever it takes to get in our way, won't he? And that's what these men came across. A massive obstacle in their way to Jesus. Did they throw in the towel? No, they didn't. Amen. Did they just give up and give in to the circumstances? Absolutely not. And neither should we. Amen. Neither should we, no matter how big the obstacle. We need to be just as determined as these men to get to Jesus. We need to have that same burden upon our hearts that these men had for, had for that one in need that they literally carried all the way to Capernaum. We need to look unto our Lord in, uh, uh, for His strength. We need to look to Him to overcome whatever obstacles are in our way. We need to stop making excuses as to why we can't. You see, for every excuse we look for, Satan has a thousand to offer us. Amen. We need to understand that. Now, I want to point out something here. When these men, when they hit that roadblock, what was the first thing they did? 
They looked up. Amen? They looked up, and we need to do the same thing. Very few solutions are found when our heads are hung low and and looking down in defeat. Amen? These men saw the crowded house, and what did they do? They immediately looked up. And after they looked up, they immediately went to work, breaking through that roof the Bible tells us here. No hesitation. No excuses, no delay, no, well, you know, we'll just have to wait for a better time. How many times have we used that excuse? Amen. They never offered up one excuse. Why? Because they knew there was a lost soul in the balance. And they knew Jesus was his only hope. Amen. Another observation about these men. These four men, the Bible tells us, they were willing to do whatever it cost to get to Christ. Amen. They literally, the Bible tells us that they literally tore the roof off of this house. They were willing to pay that steep cost to get to Christ. Why? Because they had the faith that God would take care and provide their need in the end. Amen. They knew if it took breaking through a roof, somehow, some way, God would provide to be able to repair that roof afterwards. All they knew is that they had a, a friend or a family member in need, and they knew that they needed to get him to Jesus Christ. The question is, how willing are we today? Amen. Are we willing to go out and be those stretcher bearers to do whatever it takes to bring that lost soul in to this house where Jesus can be found? Amen. That was the second ingredient to this miracle. The third ingredient is a barren bed. Look at verse 5. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, When these men set out on this journey to get to Capernaum where Jesus was, four of them had faith in Jesus Christ. Look at the rest of verse 5. Jesus said to the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven. That means that when they journeyed back home, Five men now had faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said those words. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. Those are the sweetest, most precious words our ears can ever hear. Amen. Our sins are forgiven. We need to understand that God's grace is always greater than our sins. Now, I want to point out another Thing here, I want you to notice very carefully that Jesus did not address this man's physical needs first, did he? You know, as we look and we read through this passage, if we were there and we saw these four men carrying this paralytic man on that stretcher, what would be our first observation? His physical needs, wouldn't it? Amen. We need to understand Jesus did not address his physical needs first. Jesus addressed his greatest need first. And that was his spiritual need, his lost nature, the fact that he was 
unsaved. He still had unforgiven sins. Our spiritual needs are far greater than the most pressing physical needs. Amen? We have to understand that. We need to understand how important that is. Sister Beverly, you know, that struck her heart. And she said, more importantly than his physical needs was his spiritual need. Amen? That's the greatest need that we ever have is our spiritual need, being lost and undone without Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself, you know, he declared how valuable our soul is. Just one soul. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 26, Jesus said, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Jesus said, Our soul, just one single soul, is more valuable than the entire world. And he didn't just declare it with his lips, did he? He showed us how precious, how valuable we are in his sight when he laid down his life to redeem our very soul. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to trust putting my soul in any other hands than those two that were nail-scarred on Calvary. Amen. Plain and simple. And praise God that Jesus is still in the miracle business today. He's still forgiving sins. He's still saving souls and changing lives. He's still removing guilt and shame. And He's still erasing the past. And praise God, He's still offering up His mercy and His grace to whoever will receive it today. Amen. Jesus is in this house this morning. And I pray that we bring others to see Him.